you do have this sense of pride about yourself, opening up a business and making money. No bones about it. Mm-hmm. But the true joy, the true joy is giving it away. Whether mm-hmm. it be your time, whether it just be a moment with an employee, and then they look at you and go, Spence, man, I've had no one ever say that to me before. Or since you said this, I'm going to do this. I think if you inspire a few and you begin to understand what that feeling it is, and listen, you don't have to fly a rocket to the moon, right? All you have to do is listen to people. Yeah. Give them your time. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to the ultimate shift. So, Spence, what's your last name again? Uh, Sheldon. Spence Sheldon. Today we have Spence Sheldon. I have never met you prior to, what, 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Uh, You were, I had a mutual friend of ours was like, you need to interview Spence. Uh, He has an incredible story. He's doing incredible things. And I was like, let's go. And so we connected and here we are and... Uh, I've read up about you. I was thoroughly impressed. You're 27 years old. You have how many restaurants? So I have the one right now. Um, we've been open for expanding. about three years. Yeah. And we opened our second one uh, in, gosh, three weeks. So, Which is yeah. something I want to talk about. Talk yes. about pivoting and entrepreneurship there, I'm sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about about you? Yeah. Who am I? Um, gosh, I am a, a son, a brother, uh, a boyfriend at the moment. Um, an entrepreneur, um, a restaurant tour, if you will. Um, all those big words, I guess, at the end mean nothing if I if I'm not if I'm not being the best version of myself as a brother and and uh, as a friend to so many. And you know, and that's kind of what shaped me to get into uh, hospitality is just doing life and uh, and loving on people and and giving people the time that they deserve and the attention that they deserve. Um, and I think that's what ultimately landed me in the restaurant industry. But that's a little bit who I am. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge believer. My faith is a big deal for me. Um, but past that, man, that's kind of the, the checklist. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's let's just dive in. Uh, who was Spence at 10 years old? What were your dreams, your aspirations, your goals? Did you ever see yourself where you are now? Yeah. Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, 10-year-old Spence was mischievous as all get out. Um, <laughs> I was probably in the principal's office more than any human should ever be. Um, my mom kind of tells the story is, you know, she dropped us off to school and, and we were at a private Christian school and I've got three brothers. And so that in itself is kind of just a recipe for disaster. And we're all within about, you know, a year or two apart. And so we're all just kind of this little mischievous bunch. And, and I'm the middle child, so I do feel like in a weird way, I always, you know, caught the back end of things. I didn't get all the things that the younger kids get. And my, my older siblings were always getting to do things. And so, um, you know, I was the middle child. And so, my, like I said, my mom kind of tells the story. She would always go walking after she'd drop us off, but she wouldn't get one lap around the mall before she would get a call uh, from the school saying, Spence landed in the principal's office. And we, we don't really have time to go over those stories, but um, that's who I was. And, and honestly, sports, mom had me doing anything and everything to keep me out of trouble. And so, um, if it involved a ball uh, or an after-school activity, I was a part of it. So whether it be basketball, baseball, um, soccer, Testamelican football, 
um, gosh, I was a tap dancer. I did karate. I mean, anything. Wow. It, yeah, oh gosh, it's it's not a, a testament to me. It was ultimately a testament to how bad of a kid I was. It was like, hey, listen, my mom was <laughs> like, listen, if these kids can parent or help me parent, um, if these people and coaches can help me, then then that's what we're going to do. And so she had me busy, busy, busy. And uh, and goodness gracious, I think later on in life. Um, the work ethic and just the drive to stay busy and and you, I, just hearing you speak, you're a lot like that too. But um, you know, I think it played a role in my life. But that's who ten year old Spence was. He had no. Um, my dream was to be Michael Jordan. I mean, that was really? just my basketball. Dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. So when did you realize what you made? You majored in business. I was business entrepreneurship. Yeah. So. When you went into college, you kind of knew that that's what you wanted to do? Well, let's backtrack. I, I actually went in as a biology major. Um, I did. I walked on at Western Kentucky University and played basketball. Um, basketball was just my thing. Um, it was kind of what set me apart. From you had a scholarship at this point in time? Um, I did. At IMG. I went to IMG Academy okay. um, in Florida. So that was on scholarship there. Mm-hmm. I was a boarding school. Um, and I had some smaller schools um, offer me a scholarship, but I was, uh, we don't have time to talk about sports, but I went to a program rather than a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that, you know, daily in the business world, but I, I went to a program because I wanted to come home. I went okay. to Western Kentucky University because that was my dream. Um, and obviously the series of events that took place after that wasn't necessarily what I wanted it to look like because I, I went to a, um, quote unquote, I went to a place to where uh, I was just going to a program. I didn't go to a person that genuinely loved me, that wanted to be there. Um, I kind of just walked on at the, at the university and, and did my best. And goodness gracious, if uh, if life, you know, for me, being a walk-on and, and busting your tail every single day for, for little to no playing time, it, it taught me, that prepared me more for life than anything. So I'm yeah. so grateful. But no, I came in as a, a biology major. Uh, my parents are both pharmacists. So I think when you're kind of confused and you're at that age in life where really it's just, um, you know, the next party, it was, let me just do what my parents did. You mm-hmm. didn't really shake hands with yourself yet and sit down and go, who, who does Spence want to be? Um, you just kind of almost in a weird way, at, gosh, what was that? You know, 19, 20 years old, you just kind of take the road that you think is going to be the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always the best road. And as you probably know that as well. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what I did. I went in as a biology major. Um, I was not smart enough to sustain that. Um, that's just the reality. It was either I was going to give up sports or I was going to change my major. And so I ultimately changed my major, um, stuck it out to my junior year of basketball. Um, and then I uh, jumped into the business entrepreneurship program. And so that was, for me, an unbelievable experience. Uh, I love Gordon Ford and the College of Business at Western and, and what they've done for me. But um, application, I think we would all agree, uh, wherever you're at in your career, just get in it, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, Get started. Right. So you grew up in Bowling Green, you're back in Bowling Green, but there was a time in between there, I don't know how big it was, but you ended up in Nashville, right? Yes. Is I, that, that's where you kind of got the idea of what you wanted to do. Yeah, correct. So I, um, Pinewood, I, I landed back in Nashville because I'll be honest with you, I was just that prideful guy that just enjoyed, for me it was about, number one, running out of that tunnel as a, as a Division One college athlete. Um, and it was about, I think I enjoyed the fact of being really, really good at basketball more than I did the game itself. And I was I was on that high, right? And so what basketball did for me was kind of gave me a platform. 
um, even though it felt forced at sometimes um, because it was my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my father had probably given some money to the organization in the past. That's just the reality of it. And so even though it felt forced, and, and maybe I didn't earn to be on there, but I, I worked my tail off to make sure that my teammates and my coaches understood that I deserved a spot on there. But after college, I was just searching for that next stage, right? And at that point in my life, I don't think I really understood what work ethic was. Or, I worked extremely hard. It's always been a part of me, um, but not for real. You know, and knowing what I know now about business and, and what it's taken to run this restaurant and, and open up your own restaurant, I hadn't got it yet. I knew how to work because I watched my dad do it, but I, I really didn't. And so anyways, my point is I went did the music thing. That was my next stage that I wanted to be on, right? Like, okay, I'm going to go from being a Division I college athlete and be on this crazy high um, to run out this tunnel and win in the, the conference championship, going to the NCAA tournament and enjoying this season – to now I'm going to get on stage and sing country music, right? Uh, and how crazy is that? And I think if I had to get real with you and, and anyone listening was, I think I was probably numbing something, right? I, at that point, I wasn't right with myself. Mm-hmm. I was really, and took a lot of people down with me, you know, including the girl that I was dating at the time here. and um, Almost a narcissist, right? Like if I was going down, I'm taking you with me. It's never been my personality, but that's who I was in that season. It was, I want this high. I want to be the big dog. Um, so it was whatever stage you could find. Yeah. And when it, it wasn't basketball, yeah. it was something else. Right, literally and figuratively. Yeah. It was like, get me on a stage. And it was pride. I, I mean, honest to goodness, it just was. It was, I felt like in that season of life that I was better than the people around me. And shame on me, right? Like, what the heck? Yeah. You yes, know? yes and no. And I, and I think just to cut in a little bit on that note is sometimes to su- succeed as an entrepreneur, you almost have to have that mindset. Right. That you better at what you're doing. I'm not saying that ties into exactly what you're saying. But yeah, no, there's definitely a healthy there, There's something Absolutely. in there that sometimes takes you to the next level. 100%. But I think for me, knowing what I know now, humility just always wins. Mm-hmm. It just does. Humility and how low can you go? You know, I just got done reading Patrick Lencioni's book, The Motive, and I love what he says, and, and this is probably getting too far ahead of the game, but he said, I dream of a day that we don't use the word servant leadership, like as if there's another way to lead, like mm-hmm. as if that, as if we've got a better outlet, a better avenue to lead. And, and I think that's just what I know now. You don't place yourself at the top dog and think this is, I su- I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. You get to that point and go, okay, now the work starts. Now, you know, I, I've done something well enough at this point in my career to be the CEO, to be the owner, to be the entrepreneur. Now, how, yeah, it's, how, just now it's just starting, yeah. right? We can look yeah. at it, you know, we all want to be the CEO, but we don't all want to do the things that only the CEO can do. And I think Patrick Lencioni, he literally paints it so beautifully. Like, right, it's the chief um, executive officer, but in reality, it's the chief execution officer. Like, you're doing more at that level in your career mm-hmm. than you probably than you probably ever should. And if you're not, then something's gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I just know, knowing what I know now and being able to look back on those crazy seasons of just growing and figuring out who I was, stepped on a lot of people, um, but to get to the point you're probably getting at is, yes, I worked at Pinewood <laughs> in Nashville, and I know I'm everywhere. But, yes, that's eventually how I got into the restaurant industry. I worked for Ben & Max, and I loved how they did their business, how they ran their business. Um, and at that point, too, I was taking notes. It was mm-hmm. about the ambiance and the aesthetic of a restaurant. What a better place to do it um, than Pinewood. So. so what was the 
when you first realize you want to you want to open up a franchise in, yeah. in the restaurant industry and start your own what was going through your head i mean at this point your parents are both pharmacists right. it's not like they were out there i mean i guess that's an entrepreneur in a sense but right. they're probably working at this one job for lack of better words this was a different road if, right. it's, if that's fair to say for you Correct. that maybe you couldn't look up to someone who was walking ahead of you and had done it right. what was going through your head any i mean what were you feeling when you were, were you ever there where you were like what if this doesn't work? Yeah. Well, I, I do. I want to give credit where credit's due. You know, my father always growing up was a, an entrepreneur. I, you know, he was a pharmacist by trade, but owned many, many businesses. And so I was okay. always around it. Okay. So um, it was in your It blood, was definitely, right? yes. It was, I was definitely part of it. But to your point, yes, I, I needed, the, the, the dude in me needed my own thing. Mm-hmm. I was not going to just go to school, be a pharmacist and open up pharmacies like my father. My pride, once again, you know, came knocking and said, no, 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 I, I refuse um, to ride daddy's coattail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, you know, full disclosure, you know, my father was my investor in my first restaurant. Um, that doesn't make the work any easier. Though. Right, right, correct. Absolutely. If, if not, it's yeah. more pressure. Of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I could talk about that all day long because mm-hmm. now it's not only the pressure of, of you performing for your own self and for your mm-hmm. own future, for your own wife, for your own for your own kids, ten years down the road, um, it's the pressure of dad, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, of him breathing down your neck and saying, you know, how's this? How's that? And so it's yeah, it's definitely an added pressure that most people don't want to talk about. But it's I'm very careful when I do talk about it because you know the flip side of that is well, I would love to have that pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would love yeah. to have a dad that mm-hmm. could. So uh, what are you over here, you know, complaining about, right? And yeah. so I'm very careful how I navigate that. I, I don't think I'm so fortunate, so blessed. But yes, I had to do something different. I knew for me to be able to lay my head down at night, I knew that I had to um, take another path for my own self. It's just because um, even though my father was my investor, um, I was still in, in unfamiliar territory for our whole family, right? And I could still, in a weird way, um, make my mark. And, you know, and I've done well enough with the first restaurant to be able to pay dad back enough um, to where now, you know, I took out the loan for the second location. And so that feels good, you know, and so it it feels good um, to be able to kind of sit here and say that. So for me, just like most entrepreneurs, it's just you wanted to make it your own. And especially Mm -hmm. you knew you were about the franchise, right? And so there's a bunch of me. Yeah. (laughs) And so in a weird way, I still was using a cheat sheet. Um, But like you said, it, it definitely didn't make the work. Um, any less, um, and so uh, so thankful for my father, so thankful for my franchise. But what's to come was, uh, you know, they couldn't prepare me for it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I believe that. You're really about helping other people and yeah. understanding stories. What did that look like when you opened the doors? To, well, let's just backtrack for so hospitality right. in itself, tough industry. Yeah. You have so much competition. Going into that, how do you set yourself apart? How do you set your team apart to get your team to rally for you yeah. every day? Uh, anything that stands out to you that, that you felt like you did from day one, maybe it was different, maybe it wasn't, but just something that, that got you to where you are now able to invest yourself into your second right. location. Yeah, cold chills, because I'm so, I, I'm so adamant about this topic. I just am, man. Like I dive into my people. Mm-hmm. I do. 
Now, there, obviously, there's a new season coming. I'm going to have two locations. We go from 40 employees to 80 employees, and, and that's a different version of me, and I can't wait to explore that. By, but the way, last, by the way, for everyone listening, 27 years old, 80 people working. In <laughs> if that's not inspiration, I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, you dive in. You care. Mm-hmm. You genuinely care. Mm-hmm. You love with no agenda. You go after these kids, and, and you just what is that? Wait, what does that look like? Yeah. Loving with no agenda. I don't need anything in return. I want you to know that I genuinely care about you. Um, and it's going to be... And so what we've done is we've developed a culture in our restaurants to where um, hospitality... It, there's a reason why we're in hospitality, right? Like we genuinely care about your experience in the restaurant. Yes, we're providing a service. We call it the service industry all day long. But I think in order to set yourself apart, you've got to be hospitable. And you can't be ingenuous. It can't be anything good. Everything good, table touches, table touches. It just can't. Your staff has to genuinely care about the customer's experience, and it shows. And that starts with me and hiring. Um, but it, ultimately, back to our point, it starts in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They've got to know I care about them before I ever expect them to walk out to that dining room and genuinely care about our customers. And so for me, is how I get my troops to rally is I dive in. They, they've got to understand how much I care about them as individuals long before I ever care about this. This starts in the interview process. Yes. This starts with you. And and that looks like, what does that look like? That's you asking them about their story, about more than just their skills. Well, first off, they need to know I don't hire application. I I hire people. I don't hire a past. I hire a person. I like that. And and that's very, very clear. I can teach anyone how to make a pizza. But what I can't teach is yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, a genuine, positive, optimistic, energetic way about you. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we hire. And for the front of the house, right? We hire mm-hmm. just about anyone because the last three years I've learned that some interviews, right? Your best interview um, ends up uh, not being your best employee or, or maybe not even make it a week. Um, and your worst interview could be end up being your best employee. And that just goes back to this whole idea of diving in, getting the best out of that individual, setting them up for a whole lot of success, you being consistent every single day. You, they, they demand that from you. Mm-hmm. If you're leading the Calvary, you've got to be consistent. No bones about it. You cannot practice one thing and preach another. You have to be consistent. No matter what, when you show up. And I, I would go as far as to say, if you're not going to have that day, make a phone call. Don't, mm-hmm. And don't go into work that day. It's, I'm that serious about being consistent. When I show up into my restaurant, they know what version of Smith they're about to get. A positive, energetic, over the top. Now, is there a time and a place to slap a wrist when we do things out of line? Or, absolutely. But you know why I can do that? It's because they know how much I care about them. Yeah. And they know I'm taking them home when we get off our shift. And they know mm-hmm. we're going to sit down and have a talk afterwards of how maybe I could have handled the situation in the heat of the moment. And maybe how you could have handled that situation in the heat of the moment. I am far from perfect. But one thing I want you to know is how much I care about you as an individual. And at that point, I think at that point, you've got, a, you've got an even playing field. And you can get a lot of work done by a lot of folks that probably wouldn't work uh, well for, for others. And get that culture and then don't let it go. Get, and, get real good at firing. And that's what most companies are, are not. Do you feel like most entrepreneurs, maybe the one thing that they're missing is they go into business thinking about how much money they're going to make. Absolutely. And it's not so much about, and, but then they struggle. This is something I see in, in my industry all the time. Just everyone moans and complains about not being able to find good help. But I feel like that part of business disappears. I don't have yeah, that problem. I don't either. 
And then the restaurant. It's the very first thing I get. Yeah. The very first thing I get. It spins me. Oh gosh, you in a restaurant? I heard the turnover is crazy. I just have to smile. That's the secret. But (laughs) but but you know the secret. Yeah. Yeah. But but here's the idea: is I did, and this is this is truth. I'm called Denise right now. We it took us 170 employees to get. To the my staff that I have now, and the staff that I have one seventy to get good forty yes, good ones. Absolutely. Whoa. So, but here's wow. the point. Here's the point is I didn't know what I wanted either. I had no idea. This was early on right. before this you had is, systems. This is absolutely. Wait, how important are systems? I'm about to find out because I'm about to have two. Okay, so uh, so right now you're still very yeah. Much systems have to be get it, put, be put in place. Right now, I can micromanage pretty well. I'm there every single mm-hmm. day. And that's what I would tell you to show up for your people. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I just hired you and you didn't see me again, I, I'm just not sure the mm-hmm. culture would ever develop the way I wanted it to. And when that happens, they, I, I agree fully with that. But here's an example I can give to that. It's like, for me, I'm a commercial roofer. Yeah. It's hot. And yeah. things like that. And I, I do a lot of different things from sales to management to whatnot. But the one thing I've found is I can't be there every day right. on the job. But the days that I am, everyone is so happy. And it's just like, it just breeds that whole culture of, I wish I could be there every day. But it's like, I feel like when you show up, like what you said, when you show up and you're there, they know how much you care and they see your passion in the business and it breeds into into the right. the rest of everyone. But if you never show up, then they're like, but does he really care? Yeah. Is he just here for the money? Well, you can only take people, right, as far as you've gone yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that old adage, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Like, they've got to see you. It's, it's not good enough now. You know, I, it's so funny when I do some of my hiring now, I like to tell them how hard I worked the first mm-hmm. two years. Well, let me tell you, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, they, until they yeah. see me scrubbing the floors yeah. or see mm-hmm. me doing the dishes with them, then then they, yeah. they could care less. And, and so... As we grow and systems get put in place, and I do, you know, surround myself, and I've got an unbelievable staff. You know, I, that's that's common terminology that we use. Is listen, I can't, I don't expect you guys to be me, but if we are going to grow um, at any type of pace, um, you guys got to be scary close. I'm talking scary close. I don't expect you to be me, um, but I expect you to be scary, scary close. Care. I mean, I'm talking scary close, and because. They gotta see you guys. They gotta. They gotta respect you almost just as much as they respect me. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we we like to say at, at Donato's and Sheldon Restaurant Group, you know, we're friends first. Now, how do you navigate those when you're 27 years old and you want to be that hip boss? But now it's time to put systems in place. That's where I'm at today. We'll have to bring it back in what six months and then yeah. bet you tell us how and that really happens. navigate how that goes because right now it's like listen I lay in bed at night and I pray I'm like okay God I've got to get down to business like mm-hmm. they've got to see me a little bit more flustered than they've ever seen me because these systems have to be put in place mm-hmm. and I struggle with this whole reality of the work's not going to go anywhere I'm going to probably work more now that we have two restaurants they're not going to see it right sometimes one restaurant's only going to see me once yeah. a week and the only thing i do is walk in that establishment and tell them that they're doing something wrong because oh i don't know who trains mm-hmm. you here but that's just really not how we do yeah. that that's going to be tough on me it, it really is because i built my culture on we've caught up in that kitchen we've had a good time in that kitchen but on our slow days right so therefore, when, when crap hits the fan in that kitchen, but you've also seen me do that and, and us professionally work around that and bust our tails and have, a, have one badass shift, right? Mm-hmm. But some of, these kids, some of these kids now, they're not really going to see that version of me. And so therefore, it's about my managers. It's about my GMs and my AGMs. It's about those people 
um, that are positioning themselves to play my role now moving mm-hmm. forward. And how do I teach that? I don't know. Here we go. I think you're doing it. I think that's the only way to do it. It's, it's when you can work with your managers in, in, in the way that, that you are and they see you. Right. And then that, that just leads over and, and soon they become the best version of Spence that they can. You know, right. Like you said, they'll never be you. But, right. but dude, I think you're, you're way ahead of the game already. Yeah. I mean, from that's the one thing that I struggle a lot with with businesses is and a lot of them struggle, whether it's their profit margins, keeping employees. And I think it all starts with with what you said. It, it all starts with like your people don't care until they know how much you care. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, who everything you're saying is just like that's gold. Well, in our industry, it's even more so, right? And I think that's why I can talk about it and I'm so adamant about it. We're in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Like, if these people don't want to be at work, it shows. Yeah. I take pride in the fact that I pray everyone that steps into any one of my restaurants, that the people there genuinely look like they want to be there. I think that's like the first step of a good staff, of a good leadership, of a good role. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you got people there that don't want to be there, it's time to look in the mirror, yeah. right? I do. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that. Are people yeah. going to have bad days? Yes. You know, no doubt. And, and I'm not here to, to condone that, but we do. We do try our best. And, and at that point, I just tell my staff to communicate. Mm-hmm. I think you owe it to us because we work our tails off extremely, extremely hard for you, right? And if you're having a rough day and you're not going to be on your A game, I don't need to know specifics. That's mm-hmm. not my role. My yeah. role is just to love you right where you're at, first off, um, given your heartache or given your struggles. But I've got to know what point guard I'm going to have on my team that day. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like you owe it to communicate that to us. And if you can't, then it becomes selfish. Right. And then it becomes about everyone else in, in the kitchen. And I'm responsible for them. I hired them. Mm-hmm. We work our tails off together. If you can't show up and give us your A game, perfect. I understand. I really do. Life punches me in the face all day long. But all I need you to do is tell me. Yeah. Just communicate. And so we have a lot of systems in place as it pertains to culture food because I've just been a doer for the last three years I've been in that kitchen I mean all day every day and I've made sure that we've stayed consistent and I've sent pizzas back when they don't look like the rest and and I've got on people for not doing x y and z as it pertains to the culinary side and and so um but now I'm not going to be there so it's it's a scary so so that's why once again you know now's a, a terrible time but I'm so thankful that you asked me to do this because to be able to look back 10 years from now and have something recorded mm-hmm. Uh, of me yeah. at 27 is beautiful to me. And so I, uh, cold chills. I am just yeah. so <laughs> thankful for you, right? That you hey. just, uh, on a limb, and I'm so thankful, obviously, for Ashley for plugging me, but that you reached out because this, this is going to be so beautiful one day to look back at such an Alice's stage in my, in my career to go, man, you know, you stayed the course or you didn't and you crashed yeah. and burned, right? You know, it was vice versa. So anyways, I'm so thankful. I'm grateful you're here. Why do you care about the people, about their life what about it is it that you're willing to put them above yourself i think two things number one my faith i think i'm just a part of a bigger purpose i think i'm just part of something bigger than myself and that in itself strives to make every individual i'm around better um and i guess we were all kids once right and we all got ignored (laughs) when we didn't want to be um, somebody didn't listen when it would have been really cool if they did. Um, we didn't get that compliment mm-hmm. from that person that would have been awesome if that person would have gave it to us. And I, th- I try to just take myself back to those seasons of my life and 
if I can be that person for someone, I think I've won. I think that's just the best way to live. You know, obviously, like I said, my faith is with the is my drive to take as many people with me uh, to heaven. But past that, I just uh, it's it's almost selfish. It really is. It's almost like I feel so much better about myself when I'm doing for others. I just. I do. Mm-hmm. And you get this pat on the back all the time. Spence, you're such a good person. And I'm going, y'all, I genuinely like, you know, you do have this sense of pride about yourself, opening up a business and making money. No bones about it. Mm-hmm. But the true joy, the true joy is giving it away. Whether mm-hmm. it be your time, whether it just be a moment with an employee, and then they look at you and go, Spence, man, I've had no one ever say that to me before. Or since you said this, I'm going to do this. I think if you inspire a few and you begin to understand that feeling it is, and listen, you don't have to fly a rocket to the moon, right? All mm-hmm. you have to do is listen to people. Yeah. Yep. Give them your time. Um, your restaurant is just a tool. Absolutely. It's just a catalyst to love mm-hmm. people. I tell that to all the time. And I think that's another reason why we've developed the culture we have is they know from the get-go this is not about pizza. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be very good at our craft? Yes. I will never jeopardize um, what we do or I will never sacrifice um, quality. I will never sacrifice service. Um, But at the end of the day, why I do what I do is just talk to people at tables, get to know their stories. Essentially what we're doing. Now there's a level of professionalism I've learned that I can't just sit at a table all night because that bothers me too. The entrepreneur side of me is like, no, no, I got to get back to the kitchen or no, no, this table could be turned over and they they should be gone by now. Should have another person sit down. Right. And so, um, I just, uh, I'd say do it. I can't really explain the true joy. And I guess maybe I've seen people just taste a dollar and not mm-hmm. be happy. Yeah. But I've seen people with absolutely nothing be on the mission field or, or just uh, dedicate their life to the homeless or the people that just give it away, y'all, are probably the most happiest people mm-hmm. in the world. They've got to be. And what I've learned too is, I was telling someone the other day is, if you're in the game of making money is beautiful and, and being an entrepreneur is awesome, right? There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Go after it. Yeah. Make that money. Do your thing. But if you're in the game of changing people's lives, you come out on the end of it doing a whole lot of both. Yeah. Making a whole lot of money and changing a whole lot of lives. If that's the North Star. If money's the North Star, I'm not, I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. It, get, it does. Yeah. It gets messy. Mm-hmm. It just gets messy. Yeah. If you want to go into business to change people's lives, you're going to do both. I firmly believe that. Yeah. I believe it. I really do. What... Advice would 27-year-old Spence give 18-year-old Spence? Humility wins. Strive to just be the next most humble version of yourself that you possibly can be. Like if you didn't have anything to chase that day, just see how humble you can be. And secondly, back to what I said, give it away. So why why do people not, why do you feel people struggle with humility. being vulnerable? And, and humility. It's just one, one's the same as the other. Absolutely. Um... You know, that's a good question. I think the world is telling you to be one person. And and I think you take the world's view of who you're supposed to look like, act like, be like, where you're supposed to be at 18, where you're supposed to be at 27. And you're constantly playing this comparison game. Um, and for me, you start comparing. I mean, this is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do it daily, right? I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and I see somebody else at 27 and I'm going, man. 
I thought I was doing well. And then you immediately start second guessing and become insecure. And, and so I think we're just scared to just let people know where we're at. But deep down, everyone just wants that. Right. You're right. We just want, we just talked about this before we got on here. People are positively affected by the hurts that make us human. They look up to us because we're entrepreneurs. They look up to us because we're athletes. But they're positively affected in their own life, in their own walk, in their own family, in their own business. They kind of begin to change the way they see life when they begin to experience and hear our hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Foster in, in his book is, is kind of where I got this whole theory. And it's so true. Like I was always positively affected about the person that came and empathized with me and said, hey, I've been there. Yeah. Not the guy that said, you can get through it. Or just a constant, hey, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Right? All the, the cliche quotes. Hey, you're going to get through it. You yeah. got this. No, tell me how you, you know, hey man, listen, I want you to know I've been there. And this is my story. And this is how I got. This is how I got out. This is how I made it to the other side. Doesn't mean that's how you're going to get to the other side, but I'm saying it's possible. Yeah. Oh, you know, for me, that hits a little bit different. Yeah. And so, um, man, tell your story. I think there's only one you, and I think there's only one person to tell your story. I think when other people begin to tell other people's story, I think things get skewed. And I think if you really want to impact, People, tell your story to a fault. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. let's get real nitty gritty. Yeah. Like, what, where are you? And I think you you never know where you're going to get. If you can't shake hands with yourself and sync it up, I love what Bob Goff says about, you know, if you can't sync up with what you're saying and actually what's going on in your life, how the heck are you supposed to get to the next season? If you can't sync up what you're saying to what's actually going on behind the doors, how do you navigate the next? Yeah. How do you say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. Now, how do I want to get there if what you're saying, what you're doing is, is not lining up? I mean, psychology 101. Mm-hmm. It's like you're confused. Mm-hmm. And people don't follow confusion. They follow right. clarity. Mm-hmm. You've got to know where you're at, where you yeah. stand, where you're at. You know? And, and then what are you banking that on? Where, where is your success coming from? Right? Is it the followers or is it, or is it your actual people and your staff? Mm-hmm. Right? Do they genuinely care? So, um I think vulnerability just, uh, people just aren't okay with it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't, I hope that was a good enough answer for you, but we all struggle with it. There's nothing wrong with not being vulnerable too, right? Don't hear mm-hmm. me out. I think if, if you're just in the game of inspiring and impacting others, um, it's probably, yeah. it's probably, it's probably something you should at least attempt, right? Yeah. So. Everyone has a different road there. I used to think that, and I don't know if you find it this way or not, I used to think that the older I get, the more I cherish just great conversations, vulnerable conversations, or kind of like what you said, where someone's just themselves, authentically you. And and you, by the way, you've been that since the first minute I shook your hand tonight. Again, just meeting you tonight. Uh, That's something I find really valuable when you can just dive into something more so than the small talk. And to round that back up, I used to think that the older I get, I cherish that more. And there's one thing I've learned lately. It's not just the older you get it's that's how everyone feels yeah and it doesn't matter whether you're 21 or 31 yeah um it just seems to be and i find it somewhat this way that the younger generation ironically is willing to go there quicker than say some of the baby boomers and and i don't know what happens there what you know i'm not and i find that fascinating and i think that's an that's an so many people say, well, look where the world is today, this and that. And there's something that I write in my journal every single day without fear. And I, I 1,000% believe it. the world's a beautiful place. Yeah. And 
I think that there's so much you're missing when you don't want to go there. And when you lock yourself up and you're, you're not willing to get vulnerable, and it always fascinates me how many people fight it. Because then you meet Spence. Right. And occasionally you meet, you run into that person who's just willing to go there immediately. And it just fascinates the hell out of me, honestly. Well, two thoughts. One is we long for connection, right? You mm-hmm. see that because you know, social media has become such Taking a, a rampant yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. But we just do, we long for connection. And so the back end of that is how are you really supposed to connect with someone if you don't really get to know them? Because mm-hmm. you, you don't know which version you don't of them know what you're, you're dealing with. And beyond that, on a personal level, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Ben, you know, there was a day that I juggled with Spence and Super Spence. Super Spence is trendy. Super Spence says all the, <laughs> all the thing, all the right things at all the right times. Has the best jokes. Has the prettiest girl on his arm. That, but it wasn't me, y'all. And it was so exhausting. You want to have Spence? Spence ate a peanut butter and jelly every single night. Spence peed the bed until he was like twelve. Spence, you know, who he really, really was was insecure as all get out. Mm-hmm. Changed his outfits fifteen times before he left the house. Still do. Like that Spence, right? Super Spence was just freaking exhausting. And then having to be Super Spence for someone that thought Super Spence was Spence. I can't, like I mean, in a relationship? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's just, ex- it's not a good way to live, mm-hmm. y'all. My circle needs to be the people that know me for me. Um, and accept you for and you. It, and to love me for me. I mm-hmm. think if you're really going after something in your circle, Go get the respect of the people that know you the best, know you the absolute mm-hmm. best. I think if you want a peace of mind and you want a little bit of clarity moving forward and you don't want to be as insecure because I'm an insecure human being, I'll be the first to tell you. Um, we're working on that. But um, just go after the, the respect of your parents, your brothers, yeah. siblings. How do they feel about you? Right? You're your best friend. The people closest to you. Right. Yeah. Look, at the, look at the way they feel about you. And Don't how do you treat them? And Joe Blow, what, 50 states mm-hmm. over, that follows you on Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you can, that's a, that's a pit hole that you may never get out of. Right? Well, seek the approval. Not approval. Approval is not even a good word. I hate that word. But it's just the respect, right? I can get anybody's attention, but I want your respect, right? I want yeah. you to know that my integrity and my principles and my character are just intact beyond and I'm constantly trying to be you know I constantly just want to know I want people to know who I am not what I do right I think I live I think that's a that's a safe way to live too it's just can you walk out of your door tomorrow and it's not important what you do but who who are you right when next person you meet don't ask them what they do ask them who they are they'll struggle with answering right it's the first thing we do it's like hey man what do you what what do you do and who are you Word it that way. Bob mm-hmm. tells us to do that, and so I do it. And, and people are like, well, well, well uh, they struggle, right? <laughs> the first thing I say is, listen, I'm a brother. I am a son. Mm-hmm. I am a boyfriend. I am a, uh, I'm a child of God. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I can talk all day about my job. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we're getting anywhere. Is the connection happening at that point? I don't think so. Maybe we connect yeah. on pizza, but a lot of people connect on pizza, <laughs> right? It's like, I'm not sure if it's genuine at that yeah. point. And so... You're so right. You're so yeah. right. People want it. They just do. And I'm getting like that too. I, I love sitting around a fire, drinking a beer with my buddies, um, and just hearing about their life. Mm-hmm. It is just, um, there's something so he- so much healing mm-hmm. in that dialogue. It just is. And so 
um, I love what you're doing and just trying to bring that out. And people are like, listen, go be you. Go un- be yeah. undeniably you. And there's just some crazy sense of pride you get about yourself if you turn it into a business, right? Yeah. Like all you did was just went and were you and you wound up a successful entrepreneur. Man, now that's something to hang your hat on. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to be someone you're not and then the money's coming in, I'm not so sure you're happier than the guy that's working a nine to five. I, I'm just not sure that's the yeah. case, right? I love what Matthew McConaughey says in that wild turkey commercial is he's like we didn't set out to write a hit we just we just sang our song mm. and i think like that's where you need to be as an entrepreneur to go sing your song man and if it's yeah. a hit heck yeah you're gonna and if you're it's gonna not, you're, you're and it's not right yeah. absolutely sing a new one it's not always trying to figure out who we are but who we're not okay yeah. that didn't work next it's not do or die with one i've had no. to learn that in business is like if if you lose a business which has happened for me then all of a sudden, if your identity is wrapped up in it, which was the case, yep. then all of a sudden you're no one. Yeah. And, and then you have to start rebuilding not only yeah. what am I going to do next, but now you have to restart oh, you're rebuilding smart. you as, as a person, as your identity. And that gets really scary. Yeah. And some people do it. You're so fortunate enough to be as young as you are to have gone through it. Some people, right? 56 years old. Yeah. And, then, really, and then who, they don't know who they are. At the, that point, love, that's yeah. tough. I will say the biggest lesson I have ever learned. So I started out with, well, I say nothing. I had 843 bucks to my name. And that's been the biggest gift to me that I could ever have been given as as an entrepreneur because fear of losing everything doesn't scare me because I started there. You don't fear anything. It's the same way as I I tell people, if if you're scared of a gun, it's just because you don't understand how it works. Right. And it's the same way if if you can no longer fear losing because you've been there, then it changes the game. Yeah. Because now you can go in with, you can go all in and either it works or it doesn't, but it doesn't make it right or wrong. Right. Um, Sounds like a little bit of Gary V. That's it. You know, do you listen to Gary V. or something? Gary v. I, I do some. He's a little intense for me. Uh, no, I agree. But, I agree. He's, he's, he's very intense. I don't, I'm, I'm not a huge Gary V. fan, yeah. but that's. Um, doesn't change that's his the, thing. the value of the that's message. That's his thing. It's like once yeah. you figure out look, that failing is okay, it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. In essence, Absolutely. Right? I think that's the only place, only way to get to the next level. Right. Is through fear. And well, I it's think in that's a relationship you with business. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. You, you have, have to. You're you're forced into that Absolutely. that mindset. The world just wants yeah. you fail. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Fall flat on your face. Right, right. And yeah. it's it's a good place. Flat okay. on your face is okay, man. There's only there's only one way yeah. up. Yeah. Well, man, we are. I could do this for two hours. <laughs> I'm trying to. I, there's so much more that I want. But tell us about. Uh, I want to get this in. Yeah. Tell us about almost home. Yeah. What so, is it? How. Uh, you know, can you dive into that a bit? I can. So, um, great question. So my heart, um, hopefully if it hasn't bled to this microphone, you're about to hear it. I, I just care about people so much and I just want to be a message of hope for everyone. Cause I know there were just times in my life to where I just needed an extra nudge and, and it wasn't necessarily on the start because we've got a plenty of motivational speakers for that. And, and the finish has always been beautiful, but it was just that in between for me of, where I wanted to be and I saw that I'd kind of gone probably you know I'm definitely not where I started but and so almost home for me was just that reference was just like hey man like I who I want to be for people it's just like don't give up here you're almost home um and so to backtrack a little bit through the restaurant we get a lot of homeless um and so I found myself feeding taking in uh jason's to live with me we've uh you know I've, I've lived with homeless folks i've fed them ever since we've been open 
Um, and for me, I'll be honest with you, a lot of my monies were going in that direction. So a lot of the money that we were making through the restaurant um, was going towards just um, strangers. And so it was a head and a heart thing. I knew how hard those people in the back of the kitchen, they, and honestly, they may have needed the money worse than that complete stranger that just walked into the restaurant. And so I struggled with that. So I was like, if I could just come up with a nonprofit um, to where that whole stream of revenue was just just for those people, right? For the people that mm-hmm. walked into my world that I just did not want to have to say no. And I sure as heck didn't want to have to juggle whether or not, you know, Sam in the kitchen that's working extremely hard for me, whether he deserves it more so than my guy here that's homeless. I just knew I wanted another stream of revenue solely for just to help, mm-hmm. like feed, shelter, hang out for people that need to hang in. I mean, just you name it from the top to bottom. And so right now, obviously, with the homeless, we still do a bunch of that. And that's something that's relevant daily. And so a lot of the money is going there. Um, But yeah, it's just a clothing company that we just kind of came up with. It is such humble beginnings for us. We literally print. We've got this logo. We print it on default shirts and we tie (laughs) dye. That's all we're doing. And so for anybody that's out there right now wondering how to how to move forward and when I can't keep up I mm-hmm. genuinely cannot keep up I've got more people texting message me wanting a shirt and I, I don't have the time to give it right now so you know here's your apology you know business 101 first impressions everything and I've found myself on my face lately apologize say listen I'm gonna give you a shirt it's coming um, but that's it that I mean it's literally for every single solitary soul that maybe needs a home or some clothes or some food that's kind of how I came up with Almost Home. Um, and it's obviously a biblical reference, too. Um, but that's just, uh, um, that's how it came to be. we just an inspiration of so much hope for people. We just want to grab you by your hand and just say, hey, come on, we're almost home. And we don't want to point you. We want to take you. And I think that's the premise of making money behind it, right? Like, I can, I can go with you on your journey, and I'll forever do that. But I think there's something beautiful about helping you along the way. Uh, monetarily mm-hmm. and I think because we work as hard as we do we're fortunate enough um, to give it away too and so some people want to make a million dollars I want to give away a million dollars that's just who I am as an individual and so um, I wanted a business solely on giving it all away I don't want to say a penny out of it that's and that's just how it came to be and then that's how the name came to be and we don't know what the heck we're doing most days um, but we know why we're doing it, and, and that's just kind of the importance, and we're sticking with it. So I'm glad you asked. I love it. Well, okay, two more questions. Yeah. Um, if you were on a world stage where the entire world is watching, and you had five minutes to say something that people will remember you by, to make an impact, whatever have you, what is it the world needs to hear? Love your neighbor. White, brown, black, Puerto Rican, Asian, um, all religions, all ethnicities. Go make them some cupcake. Quit taking That's yourself so love seriously. Is, is making them something. And... Yes. Just go do something. Go mow the lawn. Throw a party. Um, and Bob Goff has been such an influence on me and how I live my life. But I would I would say that's where the true joy comes from is doing for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, I would say don't take yourself so seriously. Chill out. We're only mm-hmm. on this planet for so long. At some point, this thing keeps spinning. Or the good Lord takes you home. Like, you're not going to wish you had another dollar. I promise you that. You're going to wish you spent more time with your dad. You're going to wish you sat around a campfire with your boys and drank another beer. You're going to wish 
Uh, you took a little bit more vacations. Now, that may sound contradictory to an entrepreneurial mindset because there is a whole heck of a lot of hard work that goes in on the front end. Yeah. But just don't forget to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? And then if I was talking to entrepreneurs, I would say, yes, it's important that you string together those 100-hour weeks. Um, but it's equally as important to find your rest. Take that 100-hour vacation too. Absolutely. People yeah. don't want to talk about it. Yeah. We don't talk about it. We have plenty Some of speakers who want to get up and tell them how work, 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 work. But you can't work, 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 work unless you rest, 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 rest. Like this is just, this isn't um, rocket science really, y'all. And if you haven't mastered the art of resting, I'm not so sure you're going to be as successful as you want to be. Yeah. And success isn't monetary. I'm saying successful in your home, in your, in your friend group, your kids, your wife. Like, you know, we're all got a different version of success mm-hmm. and what that looks like. But I think rest, man. Don't take yeah. yourself seriously. Love your neighbor, goodness gracious, and, and find time to rest. I saw something the other day that really struck me because I was that that person, that entrepreneur that had to learn through burnouts to take oh, a break. Me too, man. And but I, I I don't know who said it. Someone uh, said this. They said something to the extent I'll butcher it. Don't try so hard to save the world that you forget to savor the world. Yeah. That really hit me. And I was like, and that could be in anything, not just entrepreneurship. It could be in anything that your passion that you get lost in so much so that you forget to take the good times. Like you said, take yeah. that break, work, work that hard, but equally vacation that hard, party that hard, whatever it is that you right. want to do. But I, I just agree. I agree because I'm that guy too. And I think most entrepreneurs are mm-hmm. just by, by their nature. Yeah. It's like we get so possessed in, in what we're doing, not possessed, obsessed with what we're, we're doing in the yeah. drive. It and can be a, a It is. Obsessed. It's a rush. It can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can be obsessive. But it's there is definitely a drive to it. Mm-hmm. And there is a sense of pride, sense of joy that does mm-hmm. come with working extremely hard and setting yourself away from the pack. There is. But I'm just telling you that your personal life is probably going to suffer yeah. because of it. And I think it's just important to find that balance. Find those people you love. Hang with them. Take vacations mm-hmm. with them. You'll enjoy those moments just as much as you will. Uh, the 18-hour days. Yeah. There's almost a sickness, if you will, sometimes I think that the happiness I feel, if uh, and the other week was one of them every day, 18-hour days, but you get home, you're just exhausted. But you go to bed and you're just like, I did it. Yeah, it was a day with women, right? Yeah. It's, it's all you need. At that moment, it's all you need. But that yeah. doesn't mean that there's not more to it that you got yeah, to take care of the rest of your life. Yeah. There is. There's just more of the story. Okay, uh, last question. If you could ask any one person, alive or dead, any one question, who would it be and what would the question be? Oh, gosh. I always, I was on a podcast not too long ago, and, and I always cheat this question because faith is a big deal to me. Um, but I would definitely ask Jesus, just like, this is crazy, man. Like, what we're going through right now with COVID, and, you know, faith may not be a big deal for, for you all or you, and, and that's okay. But for me, it's like, it's like, what the heck is going on right now? Mm-hmm. Like, Why? You know, and your Bible tells you one thing, but but for me, it's like I th- I think you know that's just the, the trying times right now to me is such a question mark, and every week's different. And and, and we talked about it a little bit just about the pivot, because I mean that's legitimately what I'm sure you're doing in your business and in mine is just I'm pivoting every week. Every yeah. week is adapting to new change, yeah. to something new, and the quicker. You quit complaining, and the quicker you adapt, is going to win. Those those are the businesses that are going to win. And so, but I feel like that's that's boring to most people. If I can, I'm trying to think of someone, maybe historically, I always like the boldness 
of, oh gosh, who was it? Was it Cortez that burned the ships? Like, why, man? Like, when he's discovering the new world, he gets there and he's like, you know what, I'm burning all. He burned his whole cruise ships. Something about that historically, because I use that all the time in my staff, is like, man, like, why? Why'd you do that? Like, yeah. why, you know, I don't know. I try to, I'm, I'm a kind of a history buff lately, so I've been reading reading up on some of that just to use when you speak and you talk, because I think you, you, you kind of learn from the past and the history of kind mm-hmm. of like the boldness of a lot of people. But I don't know. I, 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 I do a lot of current reading and I've got a lot of mentors that I, I are fortunate enough to at least have dialogue with via email. And so I get to ask those pretty cool people cool questions sometimes. And so um, that's a terrible answer, but that's it. That's a good answer. <laughs> well, I, I lied. I said that was going to be the last question, but there's just listening to you talk makes yeah. me want to ask this. What is your, give me a breakdown of your day. Give us a breakdown of your day. What is a day, and, and in, a, in a short version that you can, but what yeah. is a, the day? In the life of Spence. Yeah, like. so I'm up at 6 a.m. every day. Um, I work out at 7 a.m. Uh, that first hour for me, and I say that at 6, 6.30, but I, I'm definitely at workouts at 7 a.m. For the most part, I don't feel like I'm going to get a lot of phone calls at that point in my day. Um, so 7 to 8 is just my time in the gym. Uh, I'm sure you're probably a lot like me. Most entrepreneurs, I can't just roll out of bed and go... Um, lead the Calvary, right? Like I do have to get a run and start. I feel like I need a run and start. My brain needs a run and start. My body needs a run and start. If I'm going to be on my A game, um, I do feel like I need that time. So seven to eight um, is uh, is my gym time. Eight to nine, I typically try to, to try to set a meeting in between there. Eight to nine, whether it's meeting with my uh, with the um, my staff or, or whether it's meeting with someone, just getting coffee, eight to nine, still decompressing at that point. Nine to 10, is when I start to begin to get calls, but 9 to 9.30 is just my time just reading, just getting in some type of reading, but the restaurant was at 10.30. Um, and so about 10 o'clock is when it's just, you don't know what the restaurant's gonna throw at you. Mm-hmm. And about 9.30, I may get call outs or, or text or something like that. So, my, so it, sometimes it differs in that. But from 10 o'clock to about um, two, I get us through the lunch rush a lot of times. Now, the last few months has looked a little differently because I've had to sit behind a desk and set up these accounts and vendors with our second location. But I'm working through the lunch rush. Then I set my meetings up in between time, whether it be consulting or whether it be mentoring some some young cats um, that I love so dearly. Um, and then I work the night shift. Then I'm there from 4 to about 8. Then 8 o'clock, uh, depending, you know, either uh, Sweet Shelly and I go get dinner or um, I... I get dinner with, with my buddies, but I'm trying to be better at that. I'm trying to kind of grab food and get home. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's essentially my day. And and what the beautiful thing is about a restaurant is that's every single day. Like that's, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's every single day. Um, and then my seven to eight, I work out with my mom and I'm such a mama's boy. So that's worth noting. I get my time with my mom about seven to eight. Um, and then that's essentially how it goes. And I wear the same thing every single day. You know, I, I do. I wear the same jeans, same shirt, same nice. hat, same shoes. Um, and I wash them. And obviously, I got a different shirt that I wear. But um, and, and I promise you guys, I'm sanitary. But I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't burn calories right before I have to generally, um, generally burn calories. I try to just brain power, just focus on me. You know, 
and I kind of took that from Bill Gates, but I just, um, I wear the same thing every day. It's just, I don't spend a lot of time on what I'm wearing. I find out what works. I look good in it and I'm going to roll with it. And everyone expects that now. It's not like, oh, he only has one outfit. You know, I'm very well may only have one outfit. If you know what, if you, if you know what being an entrepreneur looks like, you're the last person to get paid. Yeah. And so, so, um, even though that may be the case, I wear the same thing every day and, and every hour and on the hour now more than ever, um, to have a little bit of the platform that I do, especially in my own town. Um, swamped and taking meetings all day and I just want to give people my time I think I owe that to them um, so typically that's my day man there's nothing too crazy it's small town USA Bowling Green Kentucky man we I'm only 30-45 minutes up the way and I can't wait to get here and have a restaurant in Nashville one day but that's, that's kind of the dream well I'll be there to help you celebrate when you do well I can't wait this uh, is, is going to be a relationship we can amen I, I hope so I really do well, how can people find you on social media? How can yeah. they support you, uh, whether it's Almost Home, right. um, your nonprofit? What's yes. the best way for So Almost to find Home you? Clothing, we have a website, almosthomeclothing.com. You can kind of figure out a little bit about us. Um, obviously, my handle is pretty um, generic. I'm just Spence Sheldon on Instagram. Um, and that's essentially it. You know, Donato's Bowling Green, Kentucky is my pizza restaurant in Bowling Green, but it's definitely more geared to that local uh, I'm coming up there. Well, yeah, look, yeah, come on, man. I'm we love up. it. Pizza's on us. To more of a local vibe, so don't feel like you have to reach out there if you're in Nashville. But no, I would love to reach out to any of you. You are more than welcome to DM me. Um, I would love to get coffee and just um, and get to know you. I'm, I'm always in for new friends, man. I think it's the only way we grow. Yeah. Amen. I just want to acknowledge you, man. I'm inspired more than ever i was inspired when when ashley brought up your name and i started researching some i always try to research people to some extent before they come in and and i was just like man this dude is just blowing it out of the water and and i was blown away by how much you care about people every article i read about you was it talked about it and man that's that's so rare that's so rare and and i think that's goes to just to say, you know, the success you have is because of, of your belief in you instill in people, and, and I respect that. I hope this friendship continues, and I'm forever going to be grateful to Ashley for this. And, no, um, man, I'm just as equally as grateful, and, 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 you know, two things. Like, just treat people really, really well and work it really, really hard. I think the success rate is extremely high for anybody out there. I don't think yeah. you're opening up a, a popsicle shop. You're going to be the best popsicle shop if you work harder than anyone else, any other popsicle shop. And you treat people better than any popsicle shop. I think you're going to be all right. And so thank you um, so much for inviting me. This relationship will years and years and years. I'm sure we'll be bouncing off of each other. Yeah. Um, and I'm so for thankful sure. for your just um, genuine. Uh, you're just authentic. I know you said the same thing about me, but I um, it's real as real as they come. So I'm so thankful for, sure. for you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap this up. But yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.